0: This is part four on 2 Thessalonians 1, 5-8, and we will be introduced in this section to the main theme in the letter, namely the second coming of Christ. This is evidence, and the this, you remember, refers back to the uh, persecutions and afflictions uh, persecutions, and afflictions that the Christians are enduring. This, these afflictions endured with that effect of growing faith, is evidence of the righteous judgment of God. So God is the one who is ordering, ordaining, governing, guiding these afflictions with a purpose. That you may be considered worthy. He's fitting them for the kingdom of God for which they are suffering. So it is a righteous judgment, first, in that they can see the evidence of its effect in their lives as God fits them, and second, because it's stated explicitly to have this righteous, holy, merciful good purpose, namely that the saints might be made worthy or fit, suited for the kingdom of God for which they are suffering. Then he argues with another double argument for why this is a just judgment. This word just here and this word righteous are the same word in Greek. Since, indeed, God considers it to be righteous or considers it to be just to do two things, two repayments. Repay the afflictors, those who afflict you with affliction. In other words, the people that are causing this suffering are not going to get away with it. It looks like injustice is being done, and it is short-term Injustice is being done against the believers, and if that goes on, God's righteous judgment in ordaining these sufferings for the purpose of fitting his people, if that goes on, it won't be just. They'll get away with it. So they're not going to get away with it because he will repay with affliction those who afflict you, and then secondly, he will repay relief or rest with us to you. So, repayment to you with rest or relief for those who are being afflicted. Now, my question in this session is when is that going to happen? When is this double repayment, the repayment of retribution and the repayment of relief? When is it going to happen? What does he have in mind when he says there's going to be repayment? And the answer is given in this word, in. Father, as we try to understand now how the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven happens in relationship to this repayment, guide us. Paul wrote an entire letter to deal with this revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ from heaven. So, Father, we want to get inside Paul's mind here, the inspired mind, and think his thoughts and then respond appropriately. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's going to happen, this relief and this repayment of affliction is going to happen in the revelation or at the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Now, next time, We'll talk about not when, but how. How's it going to happen? But right now, I'm focusing on what's the event? How it, when is God going to do this? And the answer is he's going to do it at the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ from heaven. So right now, the Lord Jesus is in heaven. And sometimes we call this revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven the second coming this word revelation has several meanings in the new testament it can refer to it it literally means an unveiling a removal of some secret so that you can see what's hidden and therefore it could it could happen with words so that uh, the bible can be called the revelation of jesus christ or the book of revelation at the end is called the revelation of jesus christ through dreams and visions and words, or it can be a revelation through appearance, which is what it is here, as we'll see. Why do we call it the second coming of Jesus? Not just because we can count and say, well, he came the first time, and it says he's going to come again, and that's the second, but because the Bible uses that language. Hebrews 9, Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many, that's what happened 2,000 years ago. On the cross, he will appear a second time. That's why we call it the second coming. Not to deal with sin, that's done on the cross, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. That's us. I hope it's you, eagerly waiting for him. So the revelation we could call the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's in heaven but he will descend, and he will appear bodily the way he left. He will come back. The Thessalonians in the first letter have been alerted to this, and Paul had spent much time teaching them about it when he was there. Here's the instance of the discussion of this in 1 Thessalonians 1. For they themselves report how you turned to God from idols, to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So he's coming from heaven and he's going to li- deliver us from the wrath that, in fact, God is sending through him. He describes it in 1 Thessalonians 4 like this For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command from heaven. Three times now we've seen that, from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So this is a coming that is from heaven, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of a trumpet, to the effect that the dead Christians, the dead who are in Christ, will rise first, and then we who are alive will with them meet the Lord. In the air. This is the way Jesus talked about it in Matthew 16. The Son of Man is going to come with his angels, just like it said here with the archangel or back in uh, chapter 1, the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ from heaven with his mighty angels. So Paul is picking up on the language of Jesus in Matthew 16. The Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of the Father. Then he will repay. There's the idea that Paul picks up on. He's going to repay each person according to what he has done. So this is going to happen. This repayment by retribution and relief is going to happen in the revelation, the second coming. Of the Lord Jesus from heaven with his mighty angels. Now, let's look in closing at the several texts where this word revelation itself is used to refer to the second coming, just so that we can see parallels and what they might shed, or what light they might shed on this. So he does that and he uses that word in 1, 1 Corinthians 1. You are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you. So between now and that revelation, he'll sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this revelation is called now. You could call it the day of the Lord, day of the Lord Jesus, day of the Lord Jesus Christ, the second coming. Sometimes people use the technical word, Greek word parousia, for the appearance. Here is the word revelation again in 1 Peter Now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved through various trials. Indeed, the Thessalonians had. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire. This is what that righteous judgment in in 2 Thessalonians 1, 5 is fitting them for. It's testing them and fitting them with fire, refining their gold. That they may be found, it may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. A few verses later in First Peter, preparing your mind for action and being sober minded, set your hope fully, set your hope fully, I hope you do that, on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ from heaven. Or, Fourth chapter of 1 Peter. Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you. That's what's happening. This is the righteous judgment of God being spoken of in 2 Thessalonians. Don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you and refine you and fit you for the kingdom as though something strange were happening. It's not strange, it's the plan of God. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings so that you may also rejoice and be glad in the revelation of his glory. That's the second coming. One last text, Romans 2, to draw us back to this idea of the righteous judgment of God, which begins now and is completed at the second coming. Do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when, and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. The revelation of the righteous judgment of God now takes us back to the text. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God. That judgment begins with the sufferings of Christians now, and it's a purifying judgment, not a condemning or punitive judgment, but it will be consummated with a just judgment in the repayment of the afflictors and in the relief on the Christians who are suffering, and it will happen in the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven at the second coming. That's what this book is mainly about, as will be very plain in the chapters that follow.